Welcome to One Stop Shop, a weekly podcast that helps ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs learn from the best. Brought to you by Convergio. To learn more about managing all of your tools, channels, and strategies from one dashboard, visit Conversio.com. On today's episode, we talked to Dan Moyle about why your business should be using video. Dan Moyle is an inbound marketing expert. In his career, he was able to captivate customers with helpful videos, proving that helpful marketing beats sexy advertising. In this episode, we dig into the subject of video marketing, and Dan shares his tips so you can start using videos for your next e-commerce marketing strategy, even if you don't have the budget, experience, or technical skills. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm doing well, Aliana. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. So tell us a bit about your background and your current role. My background, you know, I was, I was looking on my Facebook uh, feed earlier and I, and I came across this old picture of me when I was probably like six years old and I was writing. I'm a writer at my core and I think I've always been a writer. And so every step that I've taken has been based on that, I think. Um, for a long time, I was, I was working in TV news. I was everything from a production assistant up through a producer. And that was because I loved to write. Right. So I, I wanted to write the news, put a show together, write all these things, headlines, scripts, whatever. So that was how I got into news. Well, from there, I ended up making a jump over into marketing as a writer, as an, an, a producer of video, a producer of scripts, a producer of writing. The company that I went to work for as uh, a mortgage company and wanted to find someone who could do all of that and have a little bit of a video background. And so that's where they found me. And so I went over to a company called AmeriFirst Home Mortgage. Uh, spent six and a half years there building a marketing department, all based on the inbound marketing strategy and content marketing philosophy. And so really loved it. Um, pretty recently here, I made the jump over to working with a company called Interview Valet. Podcast interview marketing is our niche. And we work with our clients to get them you know, talking to new audiences that they wouldn't normally talk to. And so to be here now is even more about content and writing and whether it's writing scripts or copy or articles or whatever want to get our story out there as well. So I love to be called a writer. I'm officially now a chief marketing officer. So I'm, I'm able to also add that to there. So yeah, that's my background. You previously wrote an article for HubSpot called Screw Sexy, Be Helpful. Could you tell us what that means and why it's important? It started when I was asked to speak at HubSpot's uh, conference inbound. A couple years ago, um, they wanted me. I, we we were a customer at Amera First of HubSpots, and we had had such great success. They thought, you know, why not tell that story? And so, and, and of course, being in a mortgage industry is a very boring industry. So the whole idea was how to be successful with inbound marketing in a boring industry. And I thought, you know, everybody thinks that what they do is boring. Not everybody. I mean, but so often people think what they do is boring, and they want to do quote unquote sexy marketing, right? And so. You know, I, I gave this presentation and it was all about how to be helpful. Um, you know, we're, we're not all selling beer or fast cars or something really, you know, amazingly cool. Most of us are, are, are selling or working for a company that does things in the world that are helpful and useful. Um, but that comes, but, but the thing that people need to, need, to, need to remember is that we're all, we're all doing something that somebody's interested in. Right. And, and so if we're talking about mortgages, people want a home. So it might be boring to those who don't care about it. But for those warm leads, you are uh, attractive, right? You may, not, you may not seem super sexy, so to speak, in your <laughs> advertising. But, but you are attractive, right? Because the thing is, at the end of the day, people remember how you make them feel, 
right? If you help them, they feel good. And so that was the idea behind that. I really wanted to create this presentation to that that not only showed people how to do inbound marketing in a boring industry, but also kind of just give them that feeling that feeling that what I do is important and it can be sexy. It just isn't going to be Budweiser. <laughs> it's not going to be you know uh, some crazy perfume or whatever. But it's but it's still very cool. And so that was the the, the screw sexy be helpful. I, I just wanted to throw out the window that you don't you don't have to think of, of everything you do as going viral or being you know, super fun or being amazing or always funny or whatever it is, you know, put in your, your adjective there, but, but being helpful is what, is what really takes you to that next level. Right. Definitely. I uh, know. I, I, I think that, uh, keeping a roof over our heads is definitely a sexy thing. I would, <laughs> I would be interested in that. Um, so your key focus or what you would re- refer to yourself as a writer, and that's what you are at your core and you're all about, um, inbound marketing, but you mentioned, um, having some skills also in video marketing, and that's what we're going to focus on today. So I'd like to know why do you think anyone should care about video marketing or give it more attention? I, I see video as a very intimate connection. It's face-to-face. It's not just reading an article. You know, to, to read words on a page is okay, and you can sometimes get into the writer's head, but face-to-face, that video is so much of a connection, right? We're so used to that. It, whether it's face to face in real life or through a screen, that connection, that that moving, you know, moving pictures is so important, right? And then video is now. Video is going on right now. It's not the future. It's not you know someday. Video marketing is going on right now. Whether it's videos on YouTube or whether it's an embedded video in an email or some other kind of social video, you know, Facebook Live is everywhere. Video is going on right now. So for anybody who doesn't really care about it, I think they're missing the boat. And and frankly, not a lot of businesses are doing it or doing it well. So you, you as a business person, you as whether you're, you're e-commerce or you're some kind of other you know internet business or just a, a brick and mortar, you can be kind of an early adopter a little bit and be powerful at it. So yeah, I think it's just you you need to to care about it because that's going on right now. And you think about it as much as we love to read books, right? We we don't read as many books as we used to because we watch movies or TV or YouTube videos. We want to see things. We are a visual species, and so we want to see things move. And so video is just really important. So what are some of these myths and misconceptions that business owners and marketers have about video marketing? I think a big misconception is that people think it's difficult, right? And certainly, you know, I, I come from a TV world. I have good friends that are photojournalists and, and editors and producers and everything. And it's, it certainly isn't as easy as just, you know, picking up a pencil and moving it to the next desk or whatever, right? I mean, it, it takes skill and everything, but it's not brain surgery, I mean, it really, it really isn't. There are skills involved. People go to school for years to be an editor and to really hone their craft. Absolutely. But it's not, it's not as difficult as what people think it is. I think, you know, it's, they get scared of it. They get scared of being in front of the camera. I I was a producer at the the CBS affiliate. And so I was behind the camera when I went to America first and they said, you know, we really want to do video. I asked them, okay, first of all, I need, I need equipment, please. They got me that. And then I asked, who's going to be the host of these? If we do interviews or other things, who's going to be the host? And they said, well, you are. And I looked at them and just said, yeah, okay, I'm a behind the scenes guy. I got a face for radio. I don't need to do this. <laughs> but, but I did it and I became a little more natural as I went. I wasn't afraid to fail. So that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that it's, it's hard and you're going to fail. I think that one of the things everybody also thinks about is I have to make this amazing video that's going to go viral. And I think that's a huge myth. Viral video, while it can be great at times or done extremely well when it's strategic, is so rare. And truly viral isn't necessarily going to help your business, right? I think just getting in your in your mind 
get rid of that misconception that it has to be viral and just be helpful. One of the biggest things I love about inbound marketing is the idea, and, and I got to credit Marcus Sheridan for this one, they ask, we answer. So any question that a, a potential customer wants to ask, I want to answer it. And so I do it through video and I just say, look, you know, here's, here's five questions that first-time homebuyers ask us all the time. And then we give the answers. You know, that was one of the things I did at, at Amerifirst and it was really popular. So it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to go viral. You don't have to be scared of it. And the last one, I think, is that everybody thinks it has to be super short. I, I got to make this really amazing video and make it only you know, 15 seconds. I have no attention span that anybody ever has anymore. And I just need to do this. And I'm just, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by making it so amazing and, and short. In reality, if your video is, you're not going to measure it only on views. You're going to measure it on conversion. You're going to take a video and, and 500 people are going to see it. And they're going to watch, you know, engage with it 75% of the time or th- of the length. That's a successful video. It could be 11 minutes long and it could be full of information they need to see. For a long time at AmeriFirst, our most watched video was an 11-minute video talking about uh, the specific mortgage product that is not very sexy, to get back to that. <laughs> but it's, it's something that people were looking for. And it was an interview between myself and, a, and, a, and an expert, a thought leader, an industry expert. And he was just telling me about the product, what to do with it, and we had great information. And it was our most watched video. Our longest watched video, you know, 75% of it, 75% of the audience completed it. And it it was 11 minutes long. It blew my mind. So I think those are the the misconceptions that kind of scare people, that it has to be really short. It has to go viral and it has to be perfect. So I'm intrigued by that last comment you made about length. Uh, Specifically, do you have any statistics that back up what you're saying? The reason I'm asking is because I did web dev for a long time and there was big movements of the whole don't make me think and keep it short, sweet, that type of thing. But if you look at the actual results nowadays for web pages, assuming that it's on point and it's good copy, if you have an interested audience, they're going to read kind of indefinitely. Uh, It doesn't matter how long the page is. If they want to read it, they're going to. So I'm wondering if you have similar research regarding video. I have not been able to really dive into a lot of studies on that or a lot of data on that. From what I've seen, though, from other examples is that, yeah, it doesn't necessarily matter how long it is as long as people want to watch it, right? If it, if you've got good audio, good lighting, I can see it and it's got good information and you're not trying to just sell, sell, sell. You know, it's not some five minute long, you know, used car commercial to use your stereotype, right? If if it's if it's good, they're going to watch it. I I would I should I should have some hard numbers. I should look that up. I'll I'll put that on my to do list. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and and I kind of look at it too. Is you know we're we we go and we watch you know and certainly this is entertainment, but we watch movies, movies we watch TV shows, we watch long form video. Why wouldn't you watch it if it's a marketing message that I I want to see? I'll watch it. No, absolutely. There were actually some ads I had seen before that were so interesting that I didn't skip, and they were like three minutes long. You know, and it's crazy because we know people usually aren't interested in watching ads, but if the ad itself, not even a helpful video, sometimes it's just a, an ad or a video that's there's something captivating and interesting about it. I think people would actually stick around and watch the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. An example of the movies is a great one. I was thinking of the same thing. I was like, you know, I would rather watch a three hour movie that's interesting with a good story rather than an hour movie or a half hour movie, which I'm not really enjoying. So, yeah, I agree. All right, so a couple of times I'm taking you back a little bit earlier. You said the time is now. Do you feel like it's too late to start? I mean, am I misinterpreting this when you say the time is now? I know you said it's not like too complicated for somebody to get started, but there is a learning curve. They don't obviously don't have to become a professional uh, to create um, video marketing, but they're going to have to learn a few things along the way. 
So do you feel like it is a little too late to get started started right now if you've never done this before? You have zero experience in creating videos or video marketing. No, I don't think it's too late at all. I think this is, I mean, the time is now. I just, I want people to understand that it's not like, you know, I've got three or four years before I can even start this. No, you need to start at least thinking about it now because <laughs> if you don't, you're going to start to miss the boat a little bit. You know what? There's, you know, thousands of hours every minute uploaded to YouTube. Video is very popular, but it's definitely not too late, especially just because not everything uploaded on YouTube is marketing, right? That it's not message material that needs to get in front of people. No, I don't think it's too late at all. And I think, you know, if, if somebody was thinking, man, I'm, I'm not very good at this. I've never done this. What do I even do? I just tell them, don't be afraid to just start. You don't even have to post the videos. I mean, you can record a video on your iPhone. Just even do selfie mode. Look at it. Watch it. Have a few people look at it. See if it even makes sense. You know, if you want to tell a story, you can do that with some editing software right on your, on your mobile phones now. You know, you can really, there's a lot of things you can do to just test it and see if it even passes the test of, you know, your, your teenagers or your friends or other marketers that you might know or business owners or whomever, you know, mm-hmm. reach out to your, to your network of thought leaders um, and see if what they, what they like about it or don't like, and then be very open to, yeah, this is terrible. <laughs> you know, this, this really, you, you should have done this or this is what that is or blah, blah, blah. Be open to, to criticism and uh, hopefully people will give it to you. But do you feel like the market is a bit too saturated and in some way? I feel like there are so many videos out there. And I'm not saying this to discourage anyone. I'm just like being the devil's advocate as usual. I mean, I think there's definitely an advantage to being an early adopter. You know, um, when we started Video at Amerifirst uh, six and a half years ago, we we definitely were on, on the early part of the curve and reaped some good rewards. But just because you're an early adopter doesn't mean that you have the market share forever, right? I mean, I really think that even though even though it is a pretty busy market and video it's not saturated you know so many businesses there's nobody in that vertical that's doing video you know a lot of small businesses a lot of just particular industries no one's doing video or no one's doing the exact same video that's in your head that you want to do so go do it and it, and you can you know you can use obviously youtube um which helps with seo and i love that or you can host it on like Owistia or loom or whatever and you know, uh, Vimeo, wherever you want, and then put it on your, um, your website, you know, embedding video on your website is huge. If I go to your website, I don't see any videos at all. I'm probably not going to read everything you have, but if you want to tell it to me, I'm going to, I'm going to stick around a little bit longer. Right. So even though YouTube is pretty saturated and it might be hard to break through some of that noise, you don't have to break through that noise. You can use it in other ways. I love that. You've made a pretty good case so far on the benefits for video. Could you give us some tips to get started, specifically if you have no budget, and then perhaps if you have a small to medium-sized budget? Yeah. Um, you know, I would say anybody starting off can just use a mobile phone. But my, my first piece of advice, my first plea, please, please, please turn the phone sideways and horizontal. <laughs> we, don't, we don't watch TV on Thanks. a vertical screen, right? <laughs> so turn your phone sideways. Anyway, um, but, but yeah, I mean, if you started with like, you know, a mobile phone, you can get a nice little microphone so that it doesn't sound like it's recorded in a, in a wind tunnel for like 13 bucks for a lapel, a lapel mic or $20 for kind of one of those shotgun mics that you see on, on video cameras. Right. Mm-hmm. So for almost nothing, you can at least get a microphone so that it sounds so you can hear it. Right. And then just, you know, uh, Jeff, I love what, what you said about help. You know, and these are the questions that they're asking. So here's a couple of answers. And just do that, right? Just and you, and you don't even necessarily need your customer on camera. Although if they want to go, that's even better. 
hey, I'm so-and-so and I have this question. And you can say, okay, well, here's the answer. And then people watching it go, okay, that's legit, right? And you can do that with just a phone. Seriously, just a phone. You already have your phone. You can, you can lo- upload it to a YouTube channel, which is free. You can put it on Facebook, which is free. Facebook Live videos are huge. If you're scripting it at least a little bit, um, they're not so scary and like, oh, well, what am I going to say? Um, but Facebook Live and YouTube is, is great. So that's a way to do it for, for basically almost free. Um, you want to add a couple more bucks, you can buy a tripod for like $20. And then when you want to start to upgrade and kind of begin to shoot and edit and look even more professional, I, I was looking earlier this morning, actually, just because I'm kind of curious. And so I looked and as we know, all cameras now are digital. And I think basically they're all high def. Like we have become such a so used to that that it's not like it's something different. But you can find nice little consumer grade cameras for as low as fifty bucks on Amazon. And so instead of having to go buy a three thousand dollar or a five thousand dollar camera, you can buy one for fifty bucks. And then you can go find some editing software. Personally, I like Final Cut uh, for Macs, but I also used to use Adobe Premiere Elements, and you can get that for like eighty bucks. So you can buy that. Otherwise, yeah, the cloud membership is pretty pretty low. Plus, a lot of a lot of you know PCs come with something. Mm-hmm. Or Mac comes with iMovie or whatever. If you're doing something simple editing, that stuff works just fine. So I, I like that. But you know, to me, sound and lighting is very important. If I can't see you or hear you, I am I am not going to stick with it, right? So if you're going to invest a little bit of money, you know, the the first three things that I bought other than a camera was um, microphone and a tripod, and I borrowed a lighting kit. So those three things really is kind of what you want to, you know. And a lighting kit can be pretty simple. It can be one of those two umbrella lighting kits that you can get for, you know, $200 or less, you know, and, and just set it up just to have a little bit of light. So you're not washed out when you're got a window behind you or whatever. And even natural light sometimes works perfectly. If you have a nice background, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I feel like even if somebody is shy or they're not sure about being on camera right away, I feel like you can also create a video where you don't necessarily appear, at least in the beginning, in person. You can you can just have your voice over um, some other things that are relevant to the topic that's being discussed. Of course, yeah. it's better to see the person's face. That's just a human thing. Like We, we really appreciate seeing um, faces and emotion. But I wouldn't want it to be like a reason for somebody to stop um, themselves from trying video marketing. And maybe if they gain some confidence down the road, they can um, eventually start showing up on, on camera and not being so scared of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the cool thing is, you know, I, I was looking uh, a couple months ago for some like whiteboard animation type videos, um, mm-hmm. software, and, and it, it exists for, you know, a couple hundred dollars. You can get software that helps you create that whiteboard animation so that you don't have to be on camera. That's a great idea. That's a great suggestion. I guess the next question would be what makes a good or to be more specific an effective and engaging and compelling video. You know, it's like hard. It's a reason to catch somebody, right? It's like, you know it when you see it, but it's so hard to put your finger on it to know what makes good video. (laughs) It's like asking what makes a good art, right? (laughs) Yes. I really think that it, I mean, it sounds kind of vague, but it depends on the subject you're focusing on and the audience that you're trying to reach. Um, for the mortgage company I was at, it was helpful and easy to understand videos about the subject of buying a home or owning a home. Um, interviews were, were huge. Uh, but, it, you know, again, it, it all kind of depends. I mean, if, you know, if, you, if you're an e-commerce uh, business and, you're, and you've got, let's say, so let's go back. Um, I, I work for Tom. I work with Tom now at Interview Valet. Before Interview Valet, he was an e-commerce business that sold and rented alternatives to crutches, right? So if you 
have, you know, ankle surgery and you want to roll around on one of those knee scooters, he would sell those or rent those. Okay. But it was all done through the, through the website. And so he would make videos that were, you know, how to, how, how to function with only one leg, uh, because your other leg, you know, cause you had surgery and, and, or he would do funny videos about, you know, uh, some, almost like the tongue in cheek info infomercial type thing of how can you function without this, you know, leg and blah, blah, blah. And just kind of make a little bit of, make, make fun, poke fun a little bit. Right. Um, I think that's always engaging you trying to make it fun is engaging. Humor is hard. Making it funny can be very difficult, but having fun and being authentic with who you are and what your business is, I think is really important. Um, you know, I wanted to make some videos that were kind of more along the lines of my personal humor, a bit sarcastic, a bit dry, but at Amerifirst, that wasn't our persona. So I wouldn't have been authentic to our brand. So it was more of being helpful and serving our community. So that was huge for me as far as engaging on other things. I mean, on the side, I also worked with a nonprofit that works with World War II and Korean War veterans. And those videos that are engaging are always about their story. It doesn't matter that it's, you know, five minutes or one minute. If, if they're telling a story and it's engaging, I see matters to them and I see that face, that's engaging. Can an authentic story and a really engaging personality make up for lack of technical skills? I would say to a degree, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to be a little more forgiving on, on the art of video if the story is good and engaging and the, and the, the, the storyteller is good. But the only, the only, the only side I, I, I hesitate because I still, if I can't hear it or if the lighting's really bad or it's just really <laughs> cut very poorly, I'm not, I'm not going to care. So right? it, yeah, it can be not super professional, but up to a certain point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Not, not super professional. I like that, Aliana. Yeah. That is an interesting argument, especially when you get into like podcast circles, you have one side that talks about it needs to be a quality narrative versus the other side that's nope it needs to be really high quality equipment. And and I'm certainly a a bit of a purist when it comes to video. I prefer things to be shot well, fr- frame it well, shoot it well, light it. I want good audio, but I also I understand that Facebook Live or Facebook videos, uh Vine, Instagram have taught us and have conditioned us that it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm I'm not George Lucas. I'm not JJ <laughs> Abrams, right? But I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a good story, or I'm gonna give you a good video, even though it isn't that super high quality Hollywood version. And and we we have a lot more patience with that kind of thing with businesses, I think. So does your video need a good call to action or asking them to do something in order to turn your viewers into leads? I really think so. Um, first of all, I think your video should have a point, and that point should drive the call to action. So, for instance. Um, one of the thing, one of the videos I, I really enjoyed making was how to take care of your yard in your first home. And so we, we created these five tips for that or whatever it was. And the CTA was to, to download a full version of the first time home buyers or first time homeowners maintenance checklist. Right. And so, Hey, here's how you take care of your first yard. You know, you're, you're in a brand new home. Here's how you do it. Here's some tips. Don't mow too low. Make sure you, you know, water only at night, blah, 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 whatever. Right. And then call to action was, oh, and by the way, if you want to maintain that home, that first home, go download this checklist. And it sends them back to the website, um, which YouTube allows uh, to send back to your website when you're monetized. And, and then I always put that link in the first as the first element in the description of YouTube. 
so that people would see that and go click through. And I found that over the course of a two-year span that I really measured this and really we really put out those videos regularly, we had an 11% conversion rate of views to leads when they would come from YouTube. No other social media con- platform came close to that. And even organic traffic coming in, you know, search engine, they come in, uh, they, they convert over to leads at like, you know, a 2% rate, right? Mm-hmm. 11% just blew my mind. And I think it was because of exactly what you asked, Jeff. Do you need a CTA? Absolutely. At some point in that, it's almost like a blog article. Every blog article, I think, ought to have a CTA at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Here's your article. Here's your point at the bottom. Here's your download or your whatever it is, right? I think I treat video this the exact same way. Every video ought to have a point. The next question I want to ask then is what are some compelling tips for making a good call to action? Uh, you've already listed some things like making sure that the content is quality, possibly having some sort of lead gen or checklist or something they can get. But what are some other tips? I think just talking to people in a very honest and real way is compelling. And, 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 I'm, and I'm thinking of this in, as, as my answer is not necessarily visual, right? Compelling in, in a blog article or on a website, visual would be my my go-to. How do you make it look good, right? But in video, it sounds weird to say it, but in video, it's more about what you're telling them to do than how, what they're looking at, I think, for a CTA. You know, if I have a beautiful CTA on the screen, but I don't care about it because you're not telling me the story or how it's connected, I don't really care, right? So I want you to lead me through that storyline in some way for that video. So again, you know, looking at the how to maintain a home, whatever it is, if I'm telling you that and I have just the bottom of it, just a, a CTA at the very end of it that just says download the checklist here, that to me is compelling because it leads up, up to it rather than a visual kind of thing, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. What about having more than one call to action in a video? I've never given a whole lot of thought. I always went with one, but I don't see anything wrong with it. As, again, as long as it's you know relevant, context has become so important in marketing now. I mean, it always has been, but it's become such a focus as of late because there's so much content out there that who cares, right? At the end of the day, who cares? But if you put it in context for me, now I care. And I think that's the same thing with a call to action in a video is if you have more than one, as long as the context is there, then great. You know, if we're, if we're looking at how to maintain a home and, 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 the, and the, the call to action is to get a, a checklist to maintain your home, makes sense. If how to maintain your first home and then the call to action is, how to buy your first house, buy a, a vacation home or something like that. Like, I, I don't care, right? I just bought my first home. I want to maintain it. I don't care about how to buy my second home or a vacation home, at least not yet. It's, it's all about context, right? When you're making a video for your business and let's say you have two important things that you want your customer to do, I would be afraid to add two calls to action because I'm afraid that it's going to dilute the effectiveness of both of them or that it's going to confuse the, the, the reader, the listener or reader in this case, or it is going to, it's just not as strong as having one call to action. But sometimes I'm thinking maybe I'm overthinking this thing. Maybe people are in fact capable of taking action on two things, you know, that are equally important. So that's, that's definitely something to explore. Yeah. Well, and, and I would say, I mean, I like the thought of exploring it, you know, test it, make one video that has those two different calls to action measure it, make two separate videos that each one has one, measure the effectiveness of it and say, okay, yep. And for our business, it does make sense. Or for our business, nope, don't ever put two calls to action. Always, always only put one, right? You just never know. What about video titles? I feel like part of it is making a helpful video. Like you said, you know, being helpful beats sexy. And I agree with you. You've definitely convinced me on that. 
but the other part of it is also to get people to even stop. Let's say your video is on the newsfeed or on YouTube or whatever, and somebody sees it, spots it. Like, how do you grab their attention with a, a title? How do you get them to be interested enough to click and watch the video without, you know, using clickbait, which I personally hate. Oh, yes, I agree. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm guilty of using it sometimes, too. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> These are honest about it. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, I think other than the helpful side of it, which is which is my my go to, obviously, like you know, I, I love SEO. So how to or what is in the title, I, I, that's kind of one of my like that's my bread and butter, right? Um, but I think to, for other other thoughts for compelling is just to use active writing. Mm-hmm. Tell them, you know, when, when I when I write a meta description or a snippet for for a Google SEO type thing. Um, I want it to seem like a headline. I want it to seem, I want it to be active writing, not passive voice. I want to give them something to do, almost almost a call to action in that snippet. And I feel like this would be the same way um, for most people, right? If, if you give a video, you know, and if and say if we're talking about, you know, marketers um, and agencies and things like that, if you make a video that is is teaching your prospective clients how to do a little bit of DIY marketing, then you want them to obviously get a hold of you as the agency to go even deeper. And you could create a, a video about, you know, why does DIY marketing cost more than a hiring agency or something to that effect that gives them that thought that you're going to answer that, right? You know, or, or you know, again, if, it depends on, on, your, on your voice of your brand. I mean, if you are a little bit of a snarky or funny brand, you could certainly put, you know, in this particular case, DIY marketing sucks. Find out why, or something like that, right? Like, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just using active rather than passive, shortened to the point, treat it as a headline, yeah. as you would with any other kind of like blog article. So, sure, yeah. And any tips to promote the video um, on a small budget? Obviously, if you have you know money, then you can always um, pay to have it shared somewhere. But if you don't have a big budget, or if you don't have any budget at all, any tips to get it promoted out there? It, you know, I think social media promotion is always dependent upon your network and how powerful it is. Not necessarily how big it is, but how powerful it is. I've been fortunate enough that a lot of my videos, you know, we, we, we used YouTube for basically every video. And so they were all very SEO friendly. Um, I worked with a company out of Boston called Pixability, taught me how to do YouTube SEO back in, you know, five, six years ago. So maybe some of it's changed by now, but it was still very helpful. So, so SEO on YouTube was huge. But then it was a matter of, you know, I would then take that video from YouTube and I would put it into a blog article on our website, which went out to our, our blog subscribers, which helped with more SEO. And then I would put it in, depending on the video, I would use it throughout Twitter, our Facebook page, our LinkedIn company page. Um, and then I would ask our employees to help. If it was one that I really wanted to get promoted, I would go to our, all of our employees. I'm not afraid to tap some of my friends or other network and say, hey, this is something really cool that I'm proud of. Would you help me kind of get this out in front of people and have them share it? And then it just becomes a naturally shared item that is either helpful or engaging and that kind of thing. And then, you know, then, yeah, if you can put some money behind it in a, in a Facebook ad or a YouTube ad, a pre-roll YouTube ad, I mean, it's it's generally pretty cheap now to be able to do some social media advertising, right? So, you know, I haven't done a lot of social ads for videos. I've been fortunate in that. The, the organic and the the organic ask and the SEO have helped just get them out there. So, so for our listeners who want to learn more, 
What are some trustworthy sources, books, blogs, videos, you name it, that they can go to? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, hopefully people trust me already. Um, but I put together, I have a, a presentation that I did, um, How Not to Suck at Video Marketing, that uh, I went ahead and put up on, on our website at Interview Valet. Uh, it's interviewvalet.com slash one-stop shop for your listeners. They can download the PDF, no gate, no anything, just download it, take a look at that. Um, it gives at least a little bit of a little bit of ideas and that kind of thing. Um, I really like that company Pixability. It's P-I-X, Pixability. Uh, they were very helpful in that. Just kind of following anybody who does video well, people like uh, you know Gary Vaynerchuk, people like the the story selling guys. Uh, I can't remember their names Story now, brand. but you know, they they've got some good stuff there. Yeah, those those are some of the ones that I follow. Awesome. And where can our listeners learn more about you specifically and the services that you provide? Yeah, uh, interviewvalet.com, V-A-L-E-T, interviewvalet.com, uh, backslash one-stop shop. I put up that that download there, plus my I've got a short book that I wrote about going from journalism into inbound marketing. They can learn about me all there just for your listeners. I've got a couple of resources there for them. So. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. It was a pleasure. It was my pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me today. It was great to talk to you guys. Thanks. One Stop Shop is a production of Convergio. Let Conversio's all-in-one dashboard run your marketing so that you have more time to run your business. Get started for free at Conversio.com. On our next episode, we talk to Tyler Accardi on the secrets of outbound marketing. One of the things that uh, that we've been able to do very well uh, is reaching people. I think there's a few keys to that. Let's put some numbers behind it before you go any further. Sure. What What is a normal reach rate for an average business? Oh, gosh. A normal reach rate is going to be... Uh, 10 to 12%. Okay. And what's your reach rate? Uh, about 75. All right. Why? More on the next episode. This podcast was also made in production with my company, Come Alive Creative. Are you interested in starting a podcast for your brand? Drop us a line at comealivecreative.com. And finally, we want to hear from you. Please give us a rating on iTunes. Conversio. Sell more, do less.